way to think about the nation. Because if you understand the city of Gainesville in particular, you can actually narrow it down to the city of Gainesville. And the city of Gainesville, of course, is in the county of Alachua, for those of you who are watching from elsewhere and listening from elsewhere. And um, the uh, gubernatorial uh, bodies are essentially uh, made up of the same people, all of um, whom are ideologues and liberals and and, uh, and seem to march to basically the same tune. Occasionally they have a little quibble among themselves about uh, fine-tuning some ideological uh, applied uh, policy. But other than that, why um, there's nothing really ever it creeps under the door that would be something that would shoo out of the room. Um, I'm watching a hand move around on the screen distracting me right now. I think production's looking for a button to push. But anyway, I see things you don't see, I suppose. Um, so I want to start off with a, with a story here that that um, I think is really um, it's a local story, but it is a it's a United States, United States of America under the Democratic rule right now. Uh, uh, microcosm or uh, the nation um, um, in particular. Now, what we call this in, uh, in, in, in narrative formation is an action proper and an enveloping action. So if you think about that, uh, the action proper is the action which I'm going to describe in particular here for you. But that action proper is indicative or reflects a, a larger action, an enveloping action, that envelops the whole nation. <clears throat> so what we have here, um, it's a story written in the Gainesville Sunset by Andrew Kaplan, who has come back to kind of be an, a, a political writer for uh, the, the Sunset. We feed Andrew Kaplan quite a few tips, uh, we kind of do the research often for him and kind of guide him through um, how to construct his work. Um, I don't, do it particularly, but uh, um, other people who are working with us on the files do it. Um, he's written a, 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 you know, makes USA Today because USA Today and uh, all that has kind of got the sunset propped up. So what this story is about is a federal lawsuit. Now, a federal lawsuit is important to recognize because generally a federal lawsuit is brought under a Civil Rights Act, okay? A Civil Rights Act. And the reason I want to go through this lawsuit in particular is that it is going to be followed by a much bigger one uh, as soon as it can creak its way through the labyrinth of the court system, which is designed to be as plotting as possible. Or it jacks up the financial return of the liars who have to go down there and argue before the judge. They, generally, the liars are the ones, uh, you know, that's my nickname for the lawyers. The liars are the ones who go down and make off with all the money. And this is certainly the case in this example if Andrew Kaplan's got his facts straight. So uh, we know from watching the uh, political uh, shenanigans of the city of Gainesville, those of us in this uh, business here of trying to help you all understand issues, uh, that the city of Gainesville is in a financial mess. Um, there's a number of reasons for it, but essentially you can boil it down to the fact that the governing people know nothing about how to run a city financially. Uh, 
if you ran a business the way they run a city, why well, you'd be bankrupt. You'd be out to lunch or you'd have to uh, restructure or whatever or try something else or uh, start laying brick or something because uh, you just wouldn't make it with the kinds of behavior that these city officials, once upon a time, I have to remember, remind you that we had a Gainesville City Commission of five commissioners, most of whom were all businessmen, and they could run the city pretty well. But the charter was uh, modified to uh, reflect the increase in population as the city got bigger. And the reasoning was, well, as the city got bigger, it would need more commissioners. So now it has gone from five to seven. <clears throat> uh, this has created really chaos because the seven can't get along. Um, the majority has to be four now instead of uh, three. Three, two would be the majority before. Now it's four, seven. That's a difficult thing to get. So that's one of the reasons. But primarily uh, what you have here are people who um, nothing much has changed in terms of their uh, policies and their philosophies. Uh, and that is that certain things I want to highlight for you during this. I deal with homelessness. All you have to do is read uh, the bullies, the mayor, Bully Harvey Ward. Just read or listen or if you can stand it is uh, State of the City Address, and it's really out to lunch. It doesn't mention the hardcore things that are on people's minds. But this Diane Wilson was a former finance director. Uh, God help her, because we know that we couldn't even get an auditor in here to the city of Gainesville uh, because there were nothing to audit from. Nobody kept any records. Of, you know, we had the Butlift Bandit who made off with uh, all kinds of money from parking meters, I think, somehow, some way. That sticks in my mind. Uh, the poor, unfortunate lady eventually took her own life. Uh, you know, all that was just allowed to smolder in the city halls, with, uh, go unknown, and really put her in a situation uh, where she should never have been put because of a proper uh, government uh, director or somebody would have caught it early on and stopped it in its tracks, and she wouldn't have gotten uh, in over her head so much. That's my interpretation of it. Um, but she was allowed to, uh, if you if you will, run with this stuff for a while until it piled up so much. It was really dramatic when it was discovered. That's just one. So this Diane Wilson had almost thirty years, I think, in the in in, in the organization. Uh, it's in Kaplan's article. Let me just yeah, twenty over twenty years. Um, she complained that Lee Feldman had skipped over her for a promotion because Lee Feldman. Uh, didn't uh, uh, like women. He had a, a particular favor for men. So Title VII gets gets involved with this along with the Civil Rights Act. And um, she was uh, complaining that, uh, you know, she was shortchanged on a couple of levels. One, uh, being promoted after having been there so long. She wasn't even considered. The process was one form for her, another form for uh, the male who was picked by Feldman. Um, and, and for a long time, the courts wouldn't entertain that because, um, the director can really kind of point whoever he wants to point. Yes, there's a process, but you don't have to necessarily use it. Uh, that's the way I experienced it in my city management days. Um, so, uh, thank you, Plantation Bar credit card. Yeah, that's right. Credit cards in the city of Gainesville. 
plantation mark reminds me it was the issue with the butt-lip bandit. Someone else had the parking meters. It all runs together. But anyway, what we have here is um, a, uh, a argument that Fellman ended up promoting a longtime male employee to a higher level, and, and he did it by executive decree, and she had to go through a competitive process. Um, that is kind of on its surface, stymied the court for a while. But once you get the civil rights thing in there, and once you get the gender thing in there, the courts almost have to let it be aired because this has become uh, such a crying towel for so many people who feel like uh, they got skipped over. And so it's the, either the race card or the gender card. And so it became uh, something that the court finally started listening to. And when the court uh, 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 started listening to it, um, it was obvious that there were significant issues in the finance department. But, it, you know, it had nothing to do with uh, the issue that uh, uh, this lady was saying that I wasn't even given, basically that I wasn't even given a chance to straighten out those finance problems, which is a pretty good argument when nobody had straightened them out and they're still not straightened out. And obviously, too, uh, when you see the ridiculous salaries that are now being awarded by the commission, not only to itself, but to all the charter officers. So uh, this becomes a kind of a, uh, you know, a burr under the saddle for a lot of people. And th to make this story kind of cut to the chase here, um, there ended up being a $95,800 settlement. Now, here are a couple of things I want to point out about this settlement that you need to remember if you're following the fiasco uh, of the city of Gainesville. Uh, number one, it's always the case. The liars will make out with most of the money. If Andrew has his numbers right, of the 95800 the liars make out with $40,800 in attorney fees. Um, then she gets $24,750, uh, according to Andrew, and back pay plus $30,254. This sort of catch-all phrase, emotional distress. So she's getting about... Uh, uh, 70,000 or so, maybe not quite that much, 50 and 25, 30 and 25, 60 maybe by the time you add in the change. Liars get 40. Um, and the city still is in not any better shape than it was before. But the caveat here that you have to pay attention to is in order to agree to this uh, repu uh, uh, this settlement, uh, Wilson has cannot make any adverse or disparaging comments about the city henceforth uh, may, that may harm its reputation. Uh, uh, and that that is a kind of a kicker. That was applied also to the Groto settlement. Um, and it's been brought to my attention that should that be violated, uh, let me make my check my notes here. Um, it would uh, 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 it would not go back. Um, just make my notes, make sure I got this. Um, uh, in the in the uh, you can't charge Drotos and Riles again if they were to talk about the settlement, but they could go back to civil court. And there you go with the liar's fees and all that business. So this is one of the ways that these people uh, get these settlements and, again, get the people off their back and get them to shut up. So the nice thing about the Ward-Scott files is we don't have to shut up. So we pull these records, we look at them, we share them with you so that you'll actually know what's going on. Because basically what this is, is a final attempt by the city, in my one interpretation, 
to cover up their ineptness. And so they're going to cover it up by buying off the complainer, uh, covering up their mismanagement and uh, poor judgment. And everybody goes on down the yellow brick road behaving just exactly the same. We've got a bunch of people in this city of Gainesville government who don't do anything. Uh, we got Tony Jones, a classic example. I've asked and asked and asked for somebody to describe for me what he's being paid. Uh, over 200000 is what I understand. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, for doing what? Uh, we have to have double chiefs here. We have to have Lonnie Scott and a Tony Jones sitting over in some office somewhere. Uh, I know Tony Jones' uh, writing skills, so I don't think there's many memos being written. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but that doesn't matter because it's all kind of hush-hush. And if you talk about it, uh, then you got to take on, go get yourself a liar who is going to make off with most of your settlement if you're lucky enough to get a settlement. And, and, and then, of course, it all gets swept back under the rug. Now, where it's really going to hit the fan, as we say in the, in the uh, weight rooms, uh, when we have a, you know, what hits the fan, you really haven't seen anything yet in terms of settlements, in my humble opinion. And you know by now that I'm never wrong. Um, when Jason Hurst comes through this Civil uh, uh, Rights Act uh, with his lawyer, Jeff Childers, going after the city for the heavy-handed, unethical, crazy kind of way of sending the SWAT team to a commercial real estate office and scaring the bejesus out of everybody in there. That settlement is going to be, I project, huge. Because I can't, if, if this Diane Wilson gets a settlement for really, you know how cotton candy is at the fair? You go to cotton candy, you think you're going to get this great big stuff. It's all puffy. It's on a stick. You can, when you, By the time you put that cotton cat candy cotton candy in your mouth is reduced to a, uh, less than a quarter of a cup of sugar. So this this Diane Wilson thing is a, a cotton candy, in my humble opinion, in comparison to what the city is going to be faced with, with Jason Hurst and the SWAT team. Now, I predict, and, and you know, I can be wrong, and I'll go out right now, and these, all these shows are, are, are archived, they're always there. I predict that um, um, the settlement will be done quicker rather than slowly, more quickly rather than more slowly. Because if this Jason Hurst lawsuit drags out through the courts and we get juries and we get the public and we get the press it's going to lead right back to a couple of questions or a couple of people. It's going to start out. You sent the SWAT team. You owe me emotional distress, all these other things. But how did the SWAT team come to be sent? Okay, let's follow that domino. Well, there was an argument over commissions, which should have been in the civil court all along. That is an interesting question. How did it go 
from the civil court to the criminal court. Well, it turns out that there was the argument that there was a theft of trade secrets, right? Do you remember that? Checking the microphone there. Um, do you remember that? And nobody knew what trade secrets were. And to this day, they don't know. I've sat in the court and watched Omar the tent maker, the assistant DA, stumble and bumble and trying to explain to Judge Kolal what they are. He doesn't know. So the police department, the Gainesville the police department, said to Boss Hearts, a party to this argument, we don't know what trade secrets are, and if we go get them, they're up in the cloud. We don't have the expertise to do that. We don't have the money to do that. It should have stopped right there. But it didn't. Mind you, what I'm telling you is why I think this thing will be shut down real quickly in a settlement, because nobody wants to have to answer these questions. And I'm just starting them. I'm just beginning. So, okay. The Gainesville Police Department doesn't have the money or the expertise to get the so-called trade secrets. So, Bosshart says, well, we'll pay for them and get them for you. And they're a party to the suit. And that telephone recording, you can hear with your own ears on Ward's Hot Bulletin Board. So, uh, mysteriously, nobody really has been able to explain this to me. The cops say, okay. So the boss arts pay for the acquisition of the so-called trade secrets. Okay, that creates a warrant. But to create a warrant, you have to take it to a judge and then you have to take it to the state attorney who does the charging. So the next question is, did the judge know how the trade secrets had been acquired? Did he ask, Judge Kreider ask? So I understand it was Judge Kreider. Or should he have asked? That's going to have to be a question. So it passes his muster and it goes to Kramer. The state attorney. Did Kramer ask, or should he have asked, and push back Kreider and then back down to the cops, on what do you base this request for this warrant? Well, we base it on the theft of trade secrets. How did you get that evidence? Well, stammer, stammer, stammer. Uh, 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 we got it from the boss arts who paid for it and gave it to us. Uh, 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 wait a minute. That's unprecedented. I mean, it is from what I've been able to find out from all the people in law enforcement I've talked to. It's unheard of. Unheard of. Or a party to the argument to pay for the evidence against one of the other parties in the argument. That's step one unheard of. Step two unheard of is for the judge to sign off on it. And step three unheard of 
is for the state attorney to issue a warrant. Now I'm piecing this all together from research, and if anybody objects to it, the state attorney objects to this narrative, or the judge, clear it up. I invite you to come on here and clear it up. Clear me, clear it, straighten me out. But all I hear is crickets. Because when Drotos agreed to settle the criminal charges, they were under a gag order. Okay? So they can't talk about it. Okay. Well, when it comes through the civil court with Hearst, who's an innocent party to it, who has nothing to do with the theft of trade secrets, just happened to be in the building, might he get to the bottom of, of these questions and get them answered? I'm betting he won't. Because I'm betting that the city will say, whoa, we're going to just give you money now to shut up. Because we don't want to answer those questions. And these are huge questions. Diane Wilson and her complaints about emotional distress and not being promoted are chicken feed. Chicken feed. Compared to Jason Hurst. And there's a young college student there involved. And the race card is in there. Two of the people are minorities who were yanked around. And the SWAT team says, oh, we didn't yank them around. We didn't do anything. Well, I beg your pardon. You pointed a gun at him for over 20 seconds by your own admission. But, and you also zip-tied him. I beg your pardon. Maybe you didn't treat him like George Floyd or the hapless soul in Memphis, but you did deprive him of his freedom. And you deprived her of her freedom. Who okayed this? How many people had to sign off on it to make it happen? I submit to you many, many more than had to sign off on Diane Wilson's situation. It's the same city, though. It's the same inept city. You have to remember that the city police operate under the auspices of the city commissioners. The sheriffs in the state of Florida do not. And you have to remember that the Alachua County Commission hates that. They hate the sheriffs. I've never known one they didn't argue with. Current one's no exception. You can't please them. I submit to you, none of the county commissioners, this is almost stupid to say this, has ever been a sheriff. Have, has, have, has ever been in law enforcement. But they're going to tell law enforcement what to do. None of the city commissioners 
except book, new one, has ever been in law enforcement. But they're going to tell city what to do. And they're going to do it along ideological lines. What that leads to, it appears, is ineptness all over the place and opens the city up for these lawsuits. There's another one which we, they did, I, I, I don't know why it hasn't, it is the whole thing that happened on homecoming weekend when Tony Jones was the chief at the rap uh, uh, party in East Gainesville where there were people shot who were felons who'd drawn the so-called permit for the party, which probably never had a permit to start with. Michael Lucas, of course not. You want, Michael Lucas wants to know about trade secrets. Trade secrets, my friend, are the Florida legislature talking about the way it came about, because I checked this out, chemistry, chemical companies, and fracking. That's how trade secrets, that's what they really apply to. You, Michael Lucas, have a company that fracks. I have a company that fracks. You have a way of fracking more efficiently than I do that you have kept a secret, which is your right. And I steal it. And I use that for China does this to us all the time, Michael. China steals our secrets. We don't take them to court. We don't do anything about it. A trade secret is a secret that applies to, there are no trade secrets in real estate. Freck already had ruled this. The Florida Real Estate Commission, it went there before it ever went to the courts. They said, nah, get that out of here. We, there's no such thing. So the question is, how in the world? The only answer you can get is that it's one more example of ineptness and inefficiency at the city of Gainesville of, of government. I lay all this out here for you because there's much more, I really hate to use this word, but I have used it more and more. The more I've been doing this, my friends, the more I have cover-ups I have seen. Cover-ups either done deliberately or by narrative misinformation or ineptness. It's not just the Russian collusion hoax. I mean, it's all over. Remember what I started out with here. My thesis when I started this discussion with you is that the city of Gainesville is the United States of America in microcosm and action specific of the larger enveloping action. That's my rhetorical strategy that I'm using to present these, this information to you. 
I'm going to take a break for the weather. When I come back, I'm going to tell you how these dots connect even outside this immediate community. I appreciate you coming to class. I appreciate you listening. There is nobody else in America who can do what I'm doing for you. I've been watching some of these shows. There are no college professors. There are no people like me who run for government, who manage political campaigns, who has written and published in distinguished places. They ain't nobody. They ain't nobody. I was, I was a Rush Limbaugh fan, but they ain't no more Rush Limbaugh. Right back on the words God followed this moment. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Stop Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. A warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. This is Ward Scott. All right, welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Thank you, sponsors who keep the show.
I take just for granted that that old sun is going to come up every day and it's going to be the same thing uh, every uh, 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 I think we got audio, Ken. Uh, I'm looking now. Got to be sure we do. Do we have audio, Jared? Okay, well, maybe I'm, I've got a little delay from the people post. Oh, yeah, back on. Plantation Marks is back on. Okay, I don't know if you heard the weather, my friends, but I just gave it. Um, sun's coming up every day. Just got, okay. I'm gonna, you, you heard the first half of the show, I assume, and you heard me talking about how Gainesville is a, a little miniature United States of America, is it not? Um, just um, uh, to, to kind of make my point here as I put this together for you, um, let me just talk a moment about the Biden government, uh, since we're talking about finances here, basically, and in ethnic at running a city, I'm also going to say um, um, the the uh, nation is uh, similar. Um, the uh, uh, Biden revenue, let's talk about some hardcore numbers that were published in the uh, Wall Street Journal today. Um, the uh, overall federal tax burden for the United States taxpayer. And you know what? Um, Ted Yoho suggests on this, let's just take our taxes and pay them and put them in an offshore bank and not give them to the government until they behave. Well, wouldn't that be a great thing to do? But the overall federal tax burden is higher than ever. And the average American is paying more than his fair share. Now, I just talked to a friend who called me before the show and he was at Lowe's and he said that uh, things just keep going up and up and up in price. So we got to factor that in too. Um, the um, the defense spending on the, ironically, with all this business about balloons and China and everything, um, uh, it has fallen to three percent of the gross uh, uh, amount of money that we raise, far below the four point three typical average we've had uh, in the past decade. Uh, there's only the only times in history, according to the analysis by the Wall Street Journal, that the U.S. defense Spending fell this low were 1940 and 1998 to 2001. So um, this is uh, uh, this is dropping in defense spending. What do you think has increased, however, in government spending? And his new peak is, of course, entitlements. And we're not just talking about Social Security, which we actually pay for. We pay for Social Security. It's taken out of our working money. We're talking about all these pandemic programs, which came up, uh, all the SNAP programs and this thing and that thing. So the national debt, not just the debt, but the interest on the debt is rising faster than ever. And this is the scary part about it. Um, the annual budget deficits will keep climbing. And I'm thinking of the city of Gainesville. I, you know, we just had this lady who was trying to get a job to straighten out the city finances and was passed over for somebody else. And this became the crux of the argument. Uh, we got the same thing going on in the nation. We got people who are just not governing the dollars that we give them in a responsible way. The annual budget deficits are climbing and climbing, climbing as a share of the of the economy. They've climbed from 5.2% in 2022 to 6.9%. Um, 
Uh, this is 2.7 trillion. Uh, it's uh, going to be the the uh, annual uh, hit we'll get in a single year. Um, the um, debt that's held by the public, the kind we have to pay back to the creditors. And who are the creditors? We covered this yesterday with Ted Yoho. It's the Chinese and the Japanese, basically. Uh, that's 97% of the economy is the debt we have to pay back to the creditors, according to the analysis by the journal today. Um, soon it's going to rise to 100%, and uh, it's going to increase to 118%, which doesn't make any sense in 2033. So how high? The question is, how high can it go before creditors stop lending? How inept can the city government go before the voters kick those people out of office? <laughs> Ad infinitum, I guess. Um, no one knows the answers to these questions. And the media ignore it or else blame the Republicans because the media doesn't understand it. And the media is in the hands of the government. And the government is the one increasing the debt. So they keep kicking the debt limit up. We know this is not a solution. Uh, but we can't, the public can't get the true facts. The true facts are that under Biden, just as under Jimmy Carter, this is Jimmy Carter number two, someone said to me, uh, the government gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And the people's individual responsibility for their own behavior is eroded. And the pouring across of illegal people on the border is all part, for some people see it, as part of this international movement to destroy nation borders and have a global economy. That's not in our best interest. And when Trump came along and played the card, make America great again, the deep state went nuts and went and started lying about him and lied about him from the moment he came down the escalator and have and been pretty darn successful in permanently uh, damaging him as damaged goods. Now we got to find somebody who will pick up of the mantle here and continue basically the themes of Trump and be able to withstand all of the behavior of the left as they try to discredit whoever that's going to be. So, um, um, and, and, and whether a Congress can constrain the growth, you know, we barely, Republicans barely have a grip on the House. They got rhinos in there. The other key is the, um, 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 the eroding value of the dollar. So the bottom line, according to the Wall Street Journal analysis, is that, is that the president and the Democrats have built a federal government that's taking nearly a quarter of everybody's annual income up from about a fifth over the last 50 years. So, um, and, and on top of that, Biden wants even higher taxes. So uh, this, this is the fiscal reality that we're dealing with in the nation which my point about the uh, discussion we're having here about the local interim director of the finance department of Gainesville is a perfect indication of it's um uh, it is absolutely uh, where we are now the on top of that don't you recall everybody has talked about oh may I, may I say it well that with a straight face Eliminating homelessness, the homeless and the hungry. 
If you believe that, and I think it's in the state of the city addressed by the bully mayor, Harvey Ward. And I think we got a panhandling law. And nobody enforces. I mean, I'm driving down the road yesterday. There are panhandlers all over the medians and lying on the sidewalks. Now, if you say that, if you accept my hypothesis today, that the city of Gainesville is a microcosm of the nation of Democrat. And you go look at some other Democrat cities to see if those Democrat cities are as inept as this Democrat city, as inept as this Democrat nation. And you have to look no further than Chicago's O'Hare International Airport, which is one of the busiest airports in the world. And what is living, you guess it, what's living in the O'Hare International Airport? What's living there? The homeless living in the terminal facilities. So much so that the travelers and the airport employees are fearful because of all these squalid shelters and sleeping vagrants that are both inside and outside the airport terminal. Garbage-strewn sections of the hallways. There's a lot of writing being done about this. Breitbart's done some writing about it. Chicago Tribune is upset about it. Uh, the images of the airport are frightening, really. Uh, according to the New York Post, um, the O'Hare workers have become alarmed by this growing number of homeless people, many of whom have mental issues and have been told by the cops to get out of there, but there's no starch in what the cops say. Just like we've got a panhandling ordinance in Gainesville, and it, it doesn't mean anything. It means that I, I don't see where it's ever been applied to any degree. So also, the employees at O'Hare are being, are, are, are the only way the cops can really do anything is if one of the homeless and homery assaults one of the uh, employees of O'Hare. But that ain't going to keep them in the jug. Let's say the guy hits one of the employees and the cops come and throw him in the jug. He's going to be right back out on the bricks. Meanwhile, the numbers of homeless are increasing in the airport. Um, because the homeless shelters in the city are full. <laughs> Can you believe it? So there's this ever-increasing population of what they call unsheltered individuals. And it's nationwide. It's beginning to show up in other airports. And we know what that means here. Uh, they're showing up all around the University of Florida campus. Uh, there's always a sucker somewhere. I saw one yesterday. I was at the uh, intersection. I was going south in the left turn lane uh, of 34th Street and Archer Road. And I think at that point, there are about four or five lanes uh, going south, two turn lanes, and then uh, one right turn lane. And I think, anyway, quite a number of lanes. And there's a homeless guy sitting on a, some kind of duffel bag in the median, whittling on a stick. Yeah, you heard me. 
whittling on a stick. And somehow, some way, he looks over to his left. He's facing north. He looks with his back to the intersection. He looks over to his left. Somebody over there must have said, come here, I got something for you. He jumps up, crosses the, the stop traffic, because the light is red. But he crosses three or four lanes of traffic, goes over there, comes back with something, squats in the median again. I mean, he could, you know, now we're going to probably hear from Bully Har uh, uh, Harvey Ward. Well, we've got to take care of the bicyclists. We've got to take care of the pedestrians. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? How are you going to take care of somebody like that who wanders across three or four lanes of heavy traffic right at four or five o'clock in the day to get something from somebody, give them something from a car window? I mean, does it make any sense to you? So you think there really is a pandering policy in the city of Gainesville or Lachua County? I can't see any evidence of it. If you see evidence of it, please let me know. Remember how Grace Marketplace, you recall this, how Grace Marketplace was going to be the solution. They were all going to have three squares. We were going to know where they all were. And uh, it was just going to be hunky-dory. And uh, there was not going to be any problem for anybody. And it'd all be out there. And uh, they'd be taken care of and all the above. So uh, on top of that, we have no Addy, no Addy, as they say in Georgia. Who's coming across our borders? Who's coming across our borders? Now, Florida's Attorney General Ashley Moody is uh, going to uh, uh, try to take Biden to trial in the federal court over his planned expansion of all things of the immigration parole system. Florida's lawsuit is uh, against the Biden administration attempt to expand the federal parole system as part of its plan to expand, quote, listen to this, safe, orderly, and humane processing for, of all things, illegal aliens. And this expansion would allow an additional 30,000 migrants from Venezuela, Haiti, Cuba, and Nicaragua to remain in the United States. Now, Biden is getting pushback from DeSantis on this because DeSantis says these policies are harming Florida. This, you know, people talk about DeSantis running for president. I hate to see him leave governing the state of Florida. I mean, I, I, I you know, that, that we lose, we lose a good governor. Now, of course, Democrats don't think he's a good governor, but you know, the guy's picking out policies to confront that resonate with the voters. You know, I mean, that's, that's the litmus. So the Biden administration is releasing tens of thousands of migrants at the border every month. And uh, many of them arrive in Florida. And we incur 
millions of dollars in expenses. I mean, how many of these migrants are lying on the floor of Chicago Air International Airport? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And Moody is saying in her lawsuit that since Biden has taken office, he has intentionally, intentionally dismantled public safety immigration structures, allowing chaos to reign at the nation's southwest border, letting unvetted, inadmissible immigrants, along with dangerous individuals and deadly drugs like fentanyl, into our country, and that Biden's actions are beyond irresponsible and put all of us at risk. So the U.S. Department of Justice attorneys argue that the federal government has discretion over immigration policies and claiming that Florida is asking U.S. District Judge T. Kent Weatherall II to second-guess discretionary decisions by the Department of Homeland Security about how to enforce immigration law most effectively and efficiently. Boy, hire yourself a liar who knows how to manipulate the English language. All of legal argument is about, I have to tell you, the manipulation of the English language. Everything a liar does is about the manipulation of the English language. There is nothing else to it but that. Uh, if you want to be a liar, the best thing you can ma major is in is English. Learn all the rhetorical strategies. Learn all the syllogisms. Read as much as you can read. Have as many words in your vocabulary as you can possibly muster. And um, go from there and then use those words to your advantage and learn how to wordsmith and learn how to do what Obama did, create a uh, narrative and then convince people that your narrative is the real narrative. I got to end on this story. I really feel badly for Oral Buffalo Bill safety, DeMar Hamlin. He was a guy who died on the field and was brought back to life. He is being criticized for wearing a, a jacket to the Super Bowl that some people thought was an offensive depiction of Jesus. Come on. Come on, man. Come on. The back of the jacket featured an abstract illustration of Jesus on the cross under the word eternal. The front featured an abstract depiction of Jesus's face and appears to reference a Bible verse that reads, without end or beginning, there is no day and no night. For doing that, he's been called by none other than Adrian Peterson as blasphemous. Huh? Come on, man. Come on, man. Have you lost your mind? You know, when Fortune Bross enters the scene at the end of Hamlet, he says, where is this site? 
In other words, he doesn't understand it. He has to be, he, he, he's used to violence being seen in an orderly fashion on a battlefield. He, he doesn't understand the domestic violence. He has to be straightened out by Horatio. Who says to him, well, what is it you would see? What is it you would see? See, would is a conditional or helping. It's an auxiliary. What is it you would see? Well, what people generally would see is what they want to see. Not what is there to be seen. Remember that. Warthog Command Center out.